0: 40-footer for
1: oh, oh, I got a live one here.
2: 10-win <laughs> season. Just the seventh in the history of the program.
0: Dino Babers has delivered on his promises. It's over! It's over! The not have won it! Syracuse has won the national championship! This is the Seth Everett Show. Oy, oy, oy. Good morning, everybody. Friday, October, it's 11th, 2019. This is the Seth Everett Show. My name is that aforementioned name. Good thing, because I'm in the right place. Polly Sibilia will be back in uh, just a couple of minutes. He's on his way back from uh, North Carolina, from Raleigh, and we will uh, check in with him on the road and see how he's doing. We're also going to hear from Dino Babers. Uh, he had a, a, an adamant press conference yesterday, and I want you guys to hear that. Um, and then, of course, uh, James Mungro is going to stop by. Uh, so we'll have that here today as well. Um there's a couple things that I think it's, it's important, and I, I want you to hear this when we play the, the Babers interview because the coach is very, very defensive of his quarterback. But there were a couple of things, and I don't like this whole cloak and dagger stuff. I remember that we're talking about kids. The cloak and dagger, the hidden injuries, the they the, the, the don't tell anybody what their injuries are. I asked James Mungro about it, and I said that sometimes it makes for disclosure makes the hurt feel less. And I'll give Nate Mink the credit because he was the one who I think tweeted it and then he wrote about it on Syracuse.com in the Post Standard today. And He said that you can see Tommy DeVito, if you look at a close-up, so if you pause it, you can see he's got extra padding on around his, his ribcage. And I just think about you know injuries, and I've you know, just over the years I've seen guys get hurt, and even something like bruised ribs, everything hurts. It hurts to get out of bed, let alone to have a three step drop and then look for receivers. Okay, I'm not making excuses for him. He didn't have a great game, but you take a guy with sore ribs and then you sack him eight times. What did you think he was gonna do? What do you think? Tommy DeVito is because there's one word to describe who this quarterback is Sophomore capital S Sophomore, redshirt sophomore but sophomore the the fan base has been spoiled with having a junior and a senior and there's one thing that Tommy DeVito doesn't have that I'm not saying he can't get I'm not Defining his career Thursday night in Raleigh, North Carolina, when he's getting pile-drived by these, these huge defensive linemen that are coming in and linebackers from the Wolfpack, he's constantly picking himself up off the ground, but here's what he can't do. Tommy DeVito doesn't know how to improvise yet, and what that means, so... Let's use any quarterback. I, I, don't, I hate comparing him to Dungy, but let's just use any point-blank quarterback, right? A quarterback has, in two seconds, two seconds, can see his primary target, his secondary target, and his short target. And he has three targets, and he also can see if there's a lane. And what Tommy DeVito cannot do at this stage of his life is when a play is breaking down, ab- a- a- abandon the plan. Because if you watch that game last night, it's not that he can't run. He knows how to run. He has to run when he's told to run. He has to go under center and have the idea that it's a run play. And he runs. And if you remember, his best drive was after Dino Babers gives him a stern talking to on the sideline. And again, I'll, I'll reference the Dino Babers press conference where Dino says he said nothing. Again, cloak and dagger. That's all I'm saying. I don't, I don't like the vibe of when a coach walks into a press conference room going, I can't tell them something. Because we see it on television. We see it. You, you, you have eyes. And we saw padding. And it's the quarterback. And I know you don't want to start giving me details on Sam Heckel's injury, and I'm tired of asking reporters about who's hurt on the offensive line. But Tommy DeVito doesn't have a second to breathe. He doesn't have a second to breathe. He has sore ribs, according to reports. He has sore ribs. He's getting sacked eight times, and he's a sophomore. What? <laughs> what were you expecting? And this idea of, let's, let's go through a checklist of what he has. Does he have a rocket arm? Yes. Does he have pinpoint control on that? He's getting there. He's getting there. He has the arm. Does he have the physical ability to take a punch and get back up the next play? Yes, he does. What he doesn't have is the ability not to audible, but to improvise and when he moves back when he comes back in a play if his first option is not there he it's it's an intangible thing he doesn't have plan b plan d, c and plan d and if there was a criticism last year cuz i remember last year's criticisms was that dungie would abandon the plays too quickly Because Dungy would be looking for a receiver, he doesn't see him, so immediately his brain would go run. And you'd say, why did he run there? There was a guy wide open. Remember Jamal Custis? He was always open over there, and he would be on the left side of the field, and Dungy would be running on the right side of the field. And that was the criticism last year. This year, if he's looking for Tristan Jackson, and Tristan Jackson can't get open because of whatever reason, I mean, these guys are kids. For whatever reason, in three seconds, Tommy DeVito has to come up with plan B, C, and D and pick one. Has to pick one. And on top of that, has to be the right one because you can't throw into coverage. You don't want to throw an interception. You have to decide whether or not you're going to tuck the ball. These are all things that happen. And think about what three seconds is. One, two, three. That's it. One, two, three. That's three seconds. Three seconds. Try it. Try it. And this argument about what can the team do and how can they recover and the fact that this was a one-possession game. Listen, I know what a one-possession game feels like and I didn't have any faith. And I'm not going to pick on the kicker because Andre Schmidt is a fantastic kicker. But his missed field goal in the first half Changes the whole dynamic of that game. Because then when you do get the score to make it 16-10, if it's 16-13, it's a completely different game plan. Because the the offense doesn't have DeVito looking downfield. And remember, he has three seconds. If that much, three seconds. And it's hard. And he's a sophomore. And so what did you think he could do? What did you think he was going to orchestrate a John Elway drive late in the game? To, to what did you expect him to do? You're asking too much, and I think this offensive line. You know, people will talk about injury reports because I know it's not sexy radio. I try to do sexy radio, right? I don't. I don't want to have beat reporters on and go tell me about Sam Heckle again because that's getting kind of boring. But you know what? I don't know if it's him. I don't know if it's the fact that this offensive line was as putrid as it is. I'm not going to sit here and start talking about play calling, and I'm not going to sit here and talk, start talking about your sophomore quarterback when he is constantly on his back. All right, normally on uh, this show, to add some brevity to the whole situation, is uh, Pauly Sebelia. Now, in the past, they have regaled us with the, the driving... Uh, adventures of Pauly Sevilla. I personally have decided that's not interesting for our show. So I'm not interested in what interstate he's on, but Pauly Sevilla was at the game last night and he joins us now. Uh, Pauly, what'd you see? Uh, I don't
3: know. I, I, I think everybody's like, I'm not going to pile on a sophomore quarterback. We're all going to pile on the offensive line. Like, What is it on the offensive line? is time to read Completely uh, untouchable in this situation. Sometimes you just gotta get the ball out. It's almost like he's he's not working downfield once that rush is coming. Still, like he isn't got he's got a happy right. or something, and he's not getting the ball out quick. Like it seems like a quick a quick throw. Would, uh, help in these situations. Like you got to be an outlet for him to get rid of the ball. Well, my thought, it's not my a thought ball was on the
0: offensive line. Right. My thought is is it's the improvise. It's the come out from under center. Yes, there's a primary target, but think about who's your B target, your C target, and then your you know your short thing. And then are is there a lane for you to run and. What we criticized Dungy last year for doing was abandoning the play too soon because he was always looking to run. And in this situation, Tommy can run if that's the design play. If the play includes a run from him, he does it. And he doesn't have that improvised ability And at this stage of the game. But the reason why I think the offensive line is if you look in the first half, they couldn't establish anything on the ground. And so defenses know that and they don't respect the, the SU running back and again that comes back to offensive line and I know and I said right before you came on the show it's not sexy radio to start talking about injured offensive guards like that's not what a good sports radio show is but if you take the running element out of the equation what did you think Tommy could do
3: it's, it's just is it Is that the only issue, though, is it the the hurt guard that's making the whole issue here? There's there's something bigger at play here that I can't figure out as to why this offense isn't going. And when you say, Dungy, you you would run and you would give up on plays. The problem with DeVito is I don't think he knows what to do in those situations.
0: That's exactly right.
3: And you've got to learn that pretty quick if you're going to make it. But then you
0: factor in... You know, Nate Mink tweeted this and, and reported this on Syracuse.com, and they talked about it in the press conference that we're going to hear in two minutes here on ESPN Syracuse um, that he had padding around his ribcage, that he had extra padding on his ribcage. So that was reported. And again, it's a report. The university didn't confirm that, but that's what Nate Mink re- reported. You give a guy with sore ribs who's a sophomore, and you sack him eight times, a couple of times vicious sacks, what, again, what are our expectations of him? I, I just think, I just think you put that combination. And oh, by the way, let's let's throw one more caveat. Let's take your entire running attack away. I, I, he's not, he's not Peyton Manning.
3: No, I, yeah, I agree. I don't think it's one player, and I also don't think it's only the offensive line. I think this is a, I think this is a bigger issue and. And I also think it's something they can fix. Like I, I'm, I'm not a doom and gloom guy either. I think that the, the coach that'll fix this, and I, I think they'll be fine by the end of the season. Now, are we, you know, I we, we spoiled last year by a ten win season. Yes, but maybe you know we're, we're Syracuse football. Still, it's something you got to remember. We don't reload here. It's not the basketball program. You know, uh, and you got to work your way into a situation where. You can get by having injured players, and, and you're, you only have one quarterback on the roster that you trust right now. It looks like if he's playing hurt. So,
0: now you're, you're 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 absolutely right. Uh, tell me about give me give me like a sense of the atmosphere. You know, you, you've been to NC State before. Tell me, was was it a big deal? I saw the big ceremony for Tory Holt. Anything else of note? That the, the,
3: the crowds are good. It's fun there. It's loud. It's it's fun. They tailgate. It's a it's a good time in NC State. Good barbecue
0: down here too. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> right, right on. All right, um, send us your GPS location. We want to track you.
3: Uh, okay, I'm on the 95. By the way, if anybody
0: was taking bets. Okay. <laughs> no, nobody, <laughs> nobody was taking bets, but that's, that, that, that's, that's all right. <laughs> See you later. All right, man. That's Paulie Sabilia. He's on his way, and he'll be in studio uh, for us here on Monday. Um, all right, I want you to hear Dino Babers because I want you to react to it. Uh, James Munro is going to stop by later as well. This is uh, too much stuff to cover in one hour. Um, I don't know if we have uh, this kind of time. We're going to need to talk to management about extending this show. Uh, My name is Seth Everett. This is ESPN Syracuse. This is the Seth Everett Show. All right, back here on ESPN Syracuse. So late last night, we did the uh, Burdick Toyota postgame show. And during that course of that show, we hear from Dino Babers. And there were two points of the Dino Babers press conference that I thought were really interesting. Number one, how defensive he gets on Tommy DeVito. And his defenses, I think, are very telling. And then just the nature of the way he described this game. So I want you to hear that, and then later on, James Mungro is going to stop by, um, and we'll visit with him. But here's the head coach from last night.
4: Obviously, that was a fantastic game between two football teams battling you got to coach Dorn. Those guys did a fantastic job. They were well prepared after the break. And, uh, you know, we've got to find a way to regroup. I don't think that we're down and out. We're definitely hurting from this one. And we've got a tough game versus uh, one of our rival teams next Friday back in the dome, back at home, which will be good to get back to. Questions? Steven? What were Tommy's limitations with
2: his rib area injury?
4: What did he throw for? 300 yards? What was his percentage?
2: 29. 29 out of 39,
4: so a little under 75. A little
2: bit under 75. Maybe over my mat's not great.
4: I think he's doing okay. I don't want to be putting his business out in the street. He's got to go to battle for the rest of this season. So I think just the way he plays is the way he plays. If he plays really well, we'll keep him in. If he doesn't play well, we'll put somebody else in. I mean, do you
2: think his deep ball is affected at all by it?
4: No. Okay.
2: Other questions for coach Josh with the, was there any emphasis on him running a little bit less than or being more careful when running
4: I didn't tell him anything I told him to go out there and play
2: did, did you see him be more cautious I think there was a third and seven early where they maybe brought three then he stepped forward and then back and then kind of got three and went down do you see hesitancy on his part that maybe wasn't there earlier in the year
4: I saw a young man that was out there battling trying to help us game. Nate
2: two plays were reviewed in the final drive what information did
4: you seek to clarify? I can't talk about it, Nate. It's going to, it's going to, I can't. I just got to, okay. I got to send it in. I got to send it in, and I'll let you know what they say, but I can't talk about it. I'm sorry. It's not going to do me any good to talk about
2: it. Second row? Uh, you were seen talking to Tommy after the game. What was the message to your quarterback
4: after a tough game like this? Just a, just a, you know, a lot of reflection. We're talking about his growth. He's going to be with us for two and a half more years, hopefully. And I want him to to get the positive and the negatives into him very quickly, because that's what you need as a a son. You need immediate feedback, positive and negative, so you can make the adjustments. And that's what good quarterbacks want. Josh, what were you seeing in the first half
2: offensively? Was it something that NC State was doing? Feel like you guys just
4: weren't executing what you were trying to do. we we were searching a little bit there's no doubt about it I think I think we ended up with a goose egg correct yeah I mean anytime you get something like that in college football they're doing a really good job and and we're doing a not so good job I thought we had better effort and I thought we made some better decision as coaches in the second half but uh you know not scoring any points in the first half was really tough to overcome
2: second row. I was say, what do you say to your offense when it's struggling so much like it was in the first half? What's your message
4: as a coach? Keep fighting. It's, it's going to happen. you got to stay in there. And uh, sometimes that's hard. The definition of faith is belief without evidence. And we didn't have the evidence, but we needed the faith to be able to have an opportunity to even win that game in the second half. I thought they did battle. Okay, Obviously, we came up short uh, that last drive. There's, we would have liked to have an opportunity to throw for the end zone, but it wasn't meant to be, and that was very unfortunate. Eric, kind of similar
2: to
1: the Clemson game, I thought the defense played well, kept the offense in the game. What were your thoughts on the defense's
4: play? The I thought the defense played extremely well. You know, you got the touchdown, the trick play in the first half for a touchdown. That was a good call by them, obviously, and. Uh, if we'd have been in zone, it wouldn't have been a play. We were in man-to-man, so they caught us. It happens. It's not a big deal. You run, people play man and zone. You don't know when it's going to happen. So they got you know, good call by them. And then our, I just think that uh, getting the turnover in the second half, they did more than enough. I, what was the final score? 16-10. You guys, I mean, she, she, she hold a team to 16 points. It's a good job. Any team.
2: See you. Talked about giving Tommy positive and negative feedback. Not to harp on the negative, but after a game like that, you know, where did you see the room for improvement?
4: You know, I don't want again, there's things that I I handle him differently because, you know, that guy's a part of part of a coach. He's part coach. And the one thing about being the starting quarterback is everybody gets to second guess you. Okay? Now, everybody doesn't matter. Okay but some people do and when we have those conversations they're going to be private you know again I think we've got a fabulous quarterback I think he's going to be really good he's growing and he's getting better and better and better
2: how have you seen his I don't know confidence is the right word but his maybe how quick he pulls the ball down over the course of the year like he's faced a lot of pressure have you seen that accumulation kind of take a toll, and maybe his his patience
4: looking downfield. No, I just think you know he's taken for a young quarterback. He's taken a lot of shots, yeah. okay, and now he's got. I think he's doing a fantastic job living up to that. It's one thing to have a guy surprise you and pop you in the mouth once. It's another thing to be standing up there and let a whole bunch of guys pop you in the mouth. I mean, that's tough to do when you know it's coming. But I thought he's he's done a fabulous job for how many times he's been touched. And how he keeps coming out, battling, and, and again, to throw for a percentage like that doesn't mean you're skating around, running around all over the doggone place. That means you're standing there making some doggone throws. I think. I mean, isn't that a high percentage?
2: Yeah. Sure. Do you kind of have to put him on the line to create plays? Like, we saw you run a lot of 12 early, and they dropped into coverage. And I haven't, going back and watched it. I'm assuming he didn't have a lot to throw to. Is there kind of yeah. like what you got? There's a necessity to go empty or go 10 to? I, I would
4: say you're exactly right on what you just said.
2: Time for two more questions, Eric. It seems like emotions were pretty high uh, on the sidelines tonight, especially with, with some players. Do you, is that something that you like? And is there a fine line where that can be a little disruptive? Now, are you
4: referring to like some of the penalties or something no, like no, that? No,
2: uh, no. Uh, Taj Harris was caught on camera. Being, it seemed like he was a little unhappy with how things are going. Uh, it seems like there was a lot of conversation maybe between Tommy and the wide receivers. Is is that good communication even though maybe it seems a little bit riled up? No,
4: the communication between the quarterbacks and the receivers is always good. I was under the impression that Taj got hurt. Okay. Okay. Right. So you know, I don't want to talk again, I don't want to put his business out there, but that's what I was told. Okay.
2: okay. Final question for coach. With some of the, the penalties though, I guess what when you see the reaction, I think
4: it's 12 penalties for the team,
2: I guess what is 12 to 4? 12 to 4, 12 to four. With some of
4: them. You ever seen the movie Remember the Titans? <laughs> yeah,
2: It was uh, a good movie. <laughs> Thanks very much, Coach.
4: What's your question?
2: I was just going to ask, with the pressure tonight, did you see any growth in the offensive line as far as it seemed like some of the pressure came on more of like a coverage sack scenario where they were dropping guys back? And-
4: I think the crowd got us a little bit. There were some calls being made, and, and from a verbal, uh, an audio standpoint, they couldn't hear some of the calls, which really dictates – whether they go left or right. So that that was a situation that uh, when you're a veteran, you find a way to hear. And then when you're younger, sometimes you, you thought you heard something, but then you did something else. They'll get better. They'll get better. They'll all get better. And uh, when they do, we'll be really good. You guys, thanks a lot.
0: Thanks, Dino. All right, that is Dino Baber. So here are the two takeaways, and I wanted you to hear it from I'm not calling him a horse, but from the horse's mouth. The The comment on DeVito, do not go through his numbers and say that's a good game because that's not a good game. That's the first one. The second one that I thought was strange, and I give him credit for it, is how he won't fall for the media trick when the reporters were trying to bait him into saying um, about the officiating there there there's a couple of plays that were egregious the one that i had most of an issue and i said it last night on the post game show was the non uh roughing the passer call um because that that puts 10 seconds back on the clock it puts them around the 33 yard line and again I, are they suddenly going to score get 30 yards in 45 seconds probably not but Stranger things have happened, and we're Syracuse fans. So I understand all all of that. Um, I just thought the the, the part about Tommy, he doesn't want to say anything because he's worried about defenses hearing it. We live in a social media age where it is going to be, there'll be pictures of Tommy DeVito, and you'll see the padding. It'll be on Twitter this afternoon. Like, just look. You'll find it. It's not going to be me. I'm not tweeting it. I, I, nobody around here is doing it. I'm telling you you'll find it and if you think that Pittsburgh is not looking at that, they're gonna know. and what I think that they couldn't do yesterday and this was something that was touched on but not really addressed by Dino and I'm curious to get his comments on it was the running attack was non-existent. you could send four or five guys in just clinging on DeVito and you don't have the offensive line that can protect him again, what what was he going to do? Alright, uh, James Mungro is in the house. We're going to visit with him in just a second uh, as we roll through here on a Friday morning. Feels like a Monday because it was the SU game yesterday. I'm dating a virgin. I'm in this contest. I don't know what's going on. Uh, <laughs> we'll continue here on ESPN Syracuse. This
1: is the Seth Everett Show.
0: All right, back here on ESPN Syracuse, we just heard from Dino Babers, and uh, now we'll welcome in uh, James Mungro, who did the uh, po- post-game show, the Burdick Toyota post-game show last night after Syracuse fell 16-10. to And uh, James, the, the, the one thing that you have to acknowledge from this game, and again, I don't want to make mountains out of molehills, but Tommy DeVito's hurt. And Tommy DeVito doesn't have the automatic instincts that Syracuse fans were spoiled by, by Eric Dungey, And the key with Eric Dungey was the last two seasons of his Syracuse career, he had instincts. And he didn't have it when he was a freshman, but he developed it. And I believe Tommy DeVito can develop into that guy. He is on such a scrutiny. And if you heard the press conference, because we ran it last night as well, the, D- Dino is going out of his way to defend Tommy DeVito. He did throw for three hundred yards. That's not a secret. He also took eight sacks. He, yeah. Well, you, you might as well talk in this segment.
1: <laughs> okay, you know, last night, you know, watching the game and you know, watching the game, and everything, it was, it was, it was tough to watch. And I'm not gonna lie to you. I, I've been a very, uh, been very critical on uh, Devito. Very, very critical. But watching that game, it really, it really stuck out to me that the offensive linemen is really that bad. And um, it's unfortunately that. You know, at times when he has time to throw the ball, um, he's so used of, 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 of being under pressure and trying to get the ball away. So, therefore, he's going to make those silly mistakes, um, unfortunately. But, you know, he still has to be the quarterback, the man in charge, uh, be calm and collect and, and through adversity, you know, take a deep breath and make the right decision with the ball. But it's very, very tough to get in rhythm with, you know, those guys coming right up the middle, literally over the center and – uh you know the center. There's the quarterback. Then there's the running back. The guy right above the center and defensive tackle is swimming the center and right into Devito's face. It's tough to it's tough to make a play with that type 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 of pressure.
0: What about the idea that he can move? He just needs to be told to move. And it, it, what, it, what I mean told is what he doesn't seem to have. And again, I'm not a quarterback, so I'm not going to pretend. And I know how young he is. So I'm not going to sit here and say he can't develop into this, but when he's under center and he takes the ball and takes his two-step drop, and he looks, he is looking for the primary receiver, and by the time he realizes that the primary series receiver is not open, he it's doesn't late, yeah. have. It's too late. The play's over. Well, so, so what quarterbacks? You know, the greats. Look, you played with greats. So <laughs> <laughs> let's let let's call it what it is. But this idea that he has the wherewithal, that the quarterback has the wherewithal to see one option, two option, and a short option. Yes, no, you're 100%. Yeah. And then if all three break down, he has to know he's got to find a place to run. And the, the criticism, and I think this is the funny part. Is Eric Dungey used to get criticized for giving up and bailing on plays too fast? <laughs> you're 100 percent right. This is the exact opposite. It's,
1: it's exactly you're 100 percent right. And you, you know something? And obviously, you know, I played with Peyton Manning. And who I, him? <laughs> I don't know how many times he ran he the more. The guy
0: than, from that Nationwide commercial. Uh, I think
1: he's in maybe that commercial, maybe probably maybe twenty five. So I said 20, something 20, smart 20, about 20, football. Twenty five more it. commercials, maybe. Um, but I don't remember Peyton ever running for. Ten or fifteen yards ever. Um, what Peyton did was very, very simple. One, two, three. Get the ball away. Step up in the pocket or throw the ball away. And fortunately for myself, I'm going to be tough on on Tommy just because I've been with Peyton for so long, and I've that's that's the slogan, and that's what we did. I knew how long exactly how long I, I had to hold my block for, and I knew that. Now with Tommy, Tommy. Is trying to do that, I think, out there. But at times, he's trying to load too much. And it's like he holds on to the ball. And rightfully so, I mean, the man is under a lot of pressure. And, you know, rightfully so, I, I, as me watching watching the game, the pressure is it's too much. It's too much. The offensive linemen need, need, need to look in the mirror. All those guys look in the mirror and say to themselves, do we want our quarterback hit? That's the pride you have in your heart. That's nothing else more than just having pride. You want your quarterback upright, and they're not doing that. And it, 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 it's it, it's, sad to, it's sad to see that, but it's growing pains. And, yes, you know something? Uh, Dungy did a lot of excellent things for the past two years for our team. And, yeah, we got spoiled. We got spoiled because we, we we haven't seen a quarterback like Dungy in a long time. And now we're back to, you know, growing pains with a new quarterback. DeVito will be just fine if he learns the necessary things. And – uh, I, I think he's on that path, but he just hasn't learned it yet.
0: Well, you know, it's 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 wild because you know you think about that instinct, and it, again, what I hate is when media people can say, "Well, it's that simple." You got to look here, look down the line. And, I mean, I, I never, I didn't play football. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and,
1: and that's funny to say that too, because I was a I was um, um, a head coach for a semi pro football team out in Indianapolis. And we were short by a quarterback, and all of a sudden, I tried to play quarterback. And oh my gosh, yes, that was completely different. And when we were in practice with no pads on. It was completely different than what I ever expected of. So you know, I'm I'm, I'm, I'm going to find that on YouTube. <laughs> it's not on YouTube. We, it, you know, they didn't have that then. But um, uh, <laughs> it, it, it's gonna be interesting to see how they turn this season around. They're three and three. They still have a, a opportunity to go to a bowl game, and you know, and do greatness. But
0: there obviously has to be some dramatic change uh, in the upcoming weeks. Dino Babers uh, seemed very defensive uh, when it came down to this game, and you know the fact that it became a one possession game, uh, you know, says something. They, they they scoring that touchdown in the fourth quarter changed the whole dynamic of the game because at sixteen three, it felt lost. They, yeah. they weren't they weren't able to do anything. And I'm not pinning this on Moniel, so I don't want to sound like they but they did. But part of football is establishing the run so that makes the defense honest. So when they're trying to defend against the pass, they have to worry about the threat of the run. Yes. There was no threat whatsoever. There was no, whatsoever. Th- no threat
1: at all. You're, you're 100% right with that one. There was no threat at all. So therefore, it was just one-dimensional team out there throwing the ball. And they got to defend the pass. And... The crazy. I mean, this is. I'm. It's mind-boggling to me that Syracuse was still in the game after all the diverse the diversity they had and all the non offense they've had th- throughout the whole game. They were still in the game. They won the game at the very end, and they just came up short. And you know, by watching the game, I I, I thought they would come up short because they didn't play consistent at all. But I mean, they had the momentum at the very end of the game. And, um, you know, they just came up short with the penalties and stuff like that. And yes, I do think that um, DeVito, they should have been a flag been thrown when DeVito got hit when they stopped the clock with the 10 second runoff. Um, he got hit in the face. He fell, falls down. Was it a flop? I don't know. But either way, uh, the, you know, the whistle was blown way, way beforehand. And three seconds later, he gets hit and he falls down. So I honestly I think that should have been, you know, offsetting penalties on that one. I
0: got an idea. Can we, can we name drop for a sec? <laughs> Come name on, can we do it? Do last it? night, so we. Well, first of all, we'll give a shout out to the Press Room Pub. Okay. We went out to the Press Room Pub to watch the uh, the football game before we came yes. to the studio to do the the post game show last night. And when I arrived, you were sitting with not one, not two, but three former SU basketball stars. Yes, yes, yes. yes can yes, we? So can, can, can you? Oh, can oh, you uh, rattle off? Do some name dropping here. Well, because then I'll then there's the punchline of this story. <laughs> well, uh,
1: you know Ryan Blacko was there at the Freshman Club and uh, uh, Alan Griffin, okay. um, and Preston Shumper and I, I graduated with all three of those guys. Uh, up at Syracuse, and, uh, you know, it's, it's great seeing those guys. I do business with uh, some of those guys. All, right, well. all right, all right, so, you know, all right. it's always good to see, you know, SU guys. And Not it, the point of the story. And, and they're, they're supporting SU football, you know. they're, supporting oh, they're all SU, wearing SU, SU regalia. yes. Oh, yeah. Mean, they're, they're some of the greats that I, I grew up with, uh, you know, playing with here at Syracuse.
0: But just acknowledge that I arrived, and, and within, <laughs> within eight minutes, they all left. Well, listen, you know, Griffin. Was it, was, Griffin did did obligate- I say something? Did listen. I do something? Am I that unlikable? Well,
1: listen to what I said to Griffin. I said, Griffin, I hope the basketball team is better than the football team because I have season tickets for basketball. <laughs> and, and and Griff said to me, listen, James, the team's going to be a good team this year. And, uh, you know, we're working on some things and stuff like that. So it's going to be very exciting for this year coming up. So, you know, <laughs> don't, don't worry about us like that, pretty much. And, you know, dealing with Griff for many years. Uh, I don't have to worry about that, you know, uh, Beheim and you know the assistant coaches and all that there, or how the guy is ready. So I'm, I'm like excited. I'm very excited for the basketball season.
0: This is what I have to say about the 2019 season. Eric Dungy couldn't do, couldn't get out of doing this post game show fast enough. Then I finally find a place to watch the game. And I'm hanging with the basketball players, <laughs> and they take off. I am starting to get a complex about this. hey uh in all seriousness, thanks for stopping by buddy. Hey, you know thank you for having me. I really appreciate it and uh you know go l- to work do something l- with l- listen yourself. listen i i'm going I'm
1: about to head out to go to work right now okay and uh you know stay patient that' you fans stay patient uh I'm staying patient, please stay patient and uh we'll, we'll wish for greatness
0: to, uh, to come and um they have to get better. It can't get no worse. <laughs> Let's see. Words of wisdom from James Mungro right here on ESPN Syracuse. All right. We'll put a bow on this one and get you set for the best thing on ESPN Syracuse. Centers of Attention. That comes up at the top of the hour. This is ESPN Syracuse. This is the Seth Everett Show. All right. Our thanks to uh, James Mungro for stopping by. That was fun. Listen, people are mad. It's going to be that kind of a day. But we'll get over this. This, It wasn't like a... This wasn't Maryland mad. This was a different kind of mad. Um, We have some breaking news. We have a breaking news sounder. That's the breaking news. Uh, The Cleveland Browns have officially signed quarterback Eric Dungy to the practice squad. They placed a wide receiver, uh, Derek Willis, not Willis, Willis, <laughs> on its uh, practice uh, injured list. Uh, Dungy, a rookie quarterback out of Syracuse, originally signed with the New York Giants as an undrafted free agent in May. At Syracuse, played in 39 games with 38 starts from 2015 to 2018, posting 786 completions for 930, 340 yards and 58 touchdowns. He also was an extraordinary host of the Burdick Toyota Post Game Show for three games. <laughs> uh, Dungey also ran for uh, nineteen hundred and ninety-three yards and thirty-five touchdowns on five hundred forty-three ca- carries, en route to becoming one of five all-time ACC quarterbacks to total eleven thousand plus yards of total offense and ninety-plus scores. Congratulations to Eric Dungey! Very nice. Listen. He's a good kid. He really is. And it was was really cool to get to know him. And this was his dream. And, you know, I thought he got a raw deal with the Giants. I had said that uh, a couple of times. The raw deal was they never tried him at quarterback. And I don't want to sound like I'm name dropping here, but I asked Eli Manning about Eric Dungy over the summer. And they said they never saw he he said he never saw him take a snap. So for the Giants, he didn't get a chance to showcase. Now, a couple of weeks ago, uh Dungy was invited to try out for the Browns. He had different calls. He had applied for the XFL. He clearly wasn't ready to give up football. And I appreciate his intention to go uh finish his classes. He had two classes at SU to get his degree. And I don't think he's going to finish them, but maybe they'll let him do something online or something. I, you know, I'm an adjunct professor. I'll see what kind of a pull I have. Yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> and so we have this this opportunity. He has wanted the NFL, um, and I remember sitting at Trappers in East Syracuse the night of the Liberty game, and we sat in a booth. Because it was a, it, there was one spot he was getting asked to for photos and autographs, and we couldn't talk, we couldn't concentrate, and it was the first time we had hung out socially, and he 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 communicated, and he, you know, I don't want to reveal you know personal stuff that he said, but to paraphrase, he said, "Until I'm told no, I can't give up," and he came up to Syracuse, yes, to get the degree, and yes, he liked the idea of being, you know, with Galaxy, and I thought that was kind of admirable, but what he wanted was he wanted the weight room, and he wanted the players on the current SU team to push him. And let me just dumb this down for non-athlete talk. Like, I always make, I'm always on time when I have a trainer at the gym. If you tell me go to the gym for an hour, I'll get to it. And I understand that mentality of if there's nobody pushing you, you don't you don't push as hard. You know, when <coughs> Excuse me. Um the idea that you can just effectualize that he was never giving up on this deal and I just hope for the course of this practice squad, the rest of this season, play well and get a paycheck that has an NFL logo on it. That's very, very cool. And I give him a lot of credit. So that's the story. Hey, um, we'll be back on Monday. We'll be back uh, Monday coming up. uh, But in the meantime, stay tuned. Centers of Attention is next. And then the whole broadcast day and uh, I believe the playoffs are later on today as well. Uh, So there's baseball. We didn't even talk about the Astros winning, so the Yankees are going to lose. Astros in six. This is ESPN Syracuse.